Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Ike to Gone. What's up, everybody? Another Ike to Gone episode, number 32, reviewing UFC 252. Unbelievable main event. The card was okay, but the main event was fantastic. It concluded a trilogy, which was amazing, that took place over three years. UFC 226. In July 2018, Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic won. If you guys remember, UFC 220, both fighters fought on that night. DC was the co-main event, fighting, beating, Volkan Ozdemir. I was there in person, I know this. And in the main event was Francis Ngannou, the Feast of Cameroon in France, versus Stipe Miocic. Stipe did not knock out his opponent for the first time in a while. He out-decisioned and out-maneuvered and out-strategized Francis Ngannou. He weathered the early storm and onslaught, which is Francis Ngannou's game plan to knock you out in the first four seconds. I have a hair in my mouth. That's weird. And I just had breakfast. Hopefully it's mine. Hopefully it's from my head. Nowhere else. (laughs) So Francis Ngannou did not get the win that night. He went into a little bit of a drought. His next fight was on the same card which these two first fought. UFC 226. Francis Ngannou did not do well against Derek Lewis. That's one of the most boring fights of all time. It's the most boring fight of all time at heavyweight. Uh, the main event was not born. We saw Daniel Cormier knock the heck out of Stipe Miocic, knock him dead. There's been a lot of speculation. Mainly from Joe Rogan pointing out that maybe Stipe made too quick of a turnaround fighting in January and then fighting in July, especially after surviving the onslaught is that is Francis Ngannou. In UFC 220, seven months earlier. And maybe that's why he dropped. And maybe that's why Daniel Cormier got that flash knockout. And became one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. And just cemented his legacy and career as being one of the best competitors. Being on top of being an amazing role model. But that was fantastic by Daniel Cormier. Stipe Miocic. Took his time, took a year off before he would rematch Daniel Cormier at UFC 241 in August of last year. 
Daniel Cormier, after that, he didn't look for any rematch for Stipe Miocic. He was ready to fight Brock Lesnar whenever his steroid situation got figured out. He was ready to make some money and retire. He fought Derek Lewis a couple months later at UFC 230. Choked out Derek Lewis at MSG. Amazing win for him. And he was trying to fight Brock in March at UFC 235. That did not come to fruition. But Stipe Miocic was there, waiting in the wings, waiting for his rematch. And he got his rematch. And we saw what happened. Stipe Miocic lost the first three rounds, but came back strong with 10, 11, 12, 13 body shots to Daniel Cormier's midsection. He won convincingly. He did an Irish jig. He was very cheerful and very appreciative of his victory. And he kind of pulled the same thing that he's going to make Daniel Cormier wait a whole year. And the fight happened, UFC 252. And Stipe looked lean, looked mean. Had the Clark Kent hair and glasses look going. Daniel Cormier talked and talked and talked that he was going to wrestle this whole time. We saw him pick up Stipe over his head. In the second fight, he did not wrestle at all. It was a boxing match. And with that, it was eye poke after eye poke after eye poke. And both fighters seemed... Uh, you could say that the eye pokes affected the fight. But unless the UFC changes the gloves, this is what to expect. Uh, Pride FC, Pride Fighting Championships. Those of you who remember Pride from... 12, 15, 20 years ago, their gloves have like a blue shield that points down. So you're always like this. You're never extending your palms or pushing your fingers out. You always have to cover up like this. Even when you grapple, it's like this, which is fair. You could still grapple, scoop up a double leg, sink in a choke, do whatever you got to do with the gloves facing like this. And when you jab, at most, you're going to hit somebody with the outside of your knuckles UFC, when they're like this, and you're poking, you're going to poke somebody in the eye. I'm sorry for scaring you guys that are wearing 3D glasses at home. But yeah, if you extend your fingers, uh, there's going to be eye pokes. So the UFC really needs to figure out the gloves, but I'm not going to lean on the gloves and the eye pokes as the reason why Daniel Cormier lost. Stipe was the better man this past weekend, and now he's the greatest heavyweight of all time. Some will debate that it is Fedor Emelianenko. And others will say that it's Cain Velasquez. Few are going to say that it's Stipe Miocic. I think if you look at Stipe Miocic's resume, it speaks for itself. The longest, uh, most title defenses in UFC heavyweight uh, division, which is crazy. And it's only two, and that's the most. And now that he beat Daniel Cormier twice... He could now fight Francis Ngannou next if he has a death wish. He can fight John Jones if he wants to fight a steroided fighter. But he's got options. He's in the driver's seat. And I hope the UFC respects him. For Daniel Cormier, as sad as it is to see a good guy and a, a great guy, a role model, somebody who you show your kids this is what hard work does and being a patient, being a disciplined being a cordial person where it can get you. Outside of his fighting career, he's uh, 
an amazing broadcaster. He does ESPN's detail, the MMA side of things. Kobe did the basketball side of things. Rest in peace, Kobe. And he also is on the broadcast team with Joe Rogan and John Anik for UFC events. He also does a podcast with Ariel Hawani. Whoa. Ariel gives me uh, heartburn. Just kidding. But DC's got a lot going on anyway, outside of his fighting. I, I can't see him coming back into the cage anytime soon. I could see if John Jones gets the belt at heavyweight and does not want to fight. <clears throat> Woo! Does not want to fight Francis Ngannou in a second uh, in his first title defense at heavyweight if he beats Stipe Miocic. I could see him bringing Daniel Cormier out of retirement, which would be the trilogy, which would be at heavyweight, which would be steroid disapproved, and I'm sure John Jones would be heavily tested in that fight, and it would be uh, it would be a, a huge pay per view for uh, the UFC. And it would be the only fight that I could see Daniel Cormier coming out of retirement. So, it's it's interesting. Heavyweight is more interesting than light heavyweight. And light heavyweight's moving on from the John Jones era. Because John Jones is hinting at heavyweight again, but this time more serious. He vacated his light heavyweight title, which he's defended for 10 years at 205 pounds. And he's moving up to heavyweight. Everybody's thinking that means a Stipe Miocic fight or a Francis Ngannou fight, so who knows. Maybe he wants to fight Daniel Cormier and the winner fights Stipe again. Or Stipe for the first time. That's not a bad match. And the UFC's moving on since John Jones is moving on. And wants more money and is moving up. The UFC is now booking the number one versus the number two contender, as it should be, Dominic Reyes. As we saw Dominic Reyes fight in February, uh, UFC 247 against John Jones. A lot of people think Dominic Reyes won, but John Jones etched out in the scorecards, and Dominic Reyes is now fighting for the vacant light heavyweight title. His opponent is Jan Blachowicz. Who is coming off a couple of victories over? Oh, I just remember this. Corey Anderson. He beat up in March and or February, and he's been on a streak. I think he's won at least two in a row. Not three in a row because Thiago Santos uh, whooped him in that uh, match last year. Let, let's see, Bohovich. So that's going to be the light heavyweight vacant title fight at UFC, oh wow, he has three in a row, uh, at UFC 253, the main event, as you guys know, is Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa, very sexy names at the top of that card, and the co-main event is going to be a very sexy matchup as well, so Jan Blahovic is coming off three straight victories, two over former middleweights, Luke Rockhold, Hanaldo Shuza, Corey Anderson, who uh, was a uh, light heavyweight. But Blahovich has earned his spot for the vacant title, and it's going to be an amazing fight. I'm glad that 253 has another fight to uh, tune into. It was kind of weak and uh, very thin at the top. It was just the main event, and uh, excuse me, thin in the middle and the bottom. 
Uh, it was very top heavy. Main event's amazing. Now we got an amazing co-main event. So the light heavyweight division's moving on. And I'm moving on to two UFC 252's co-main event. Sean O'Malley, Marlon Chido Vera. A lot of you guys know O'Malley for his eccentric style. The way he dresses with his Takashi 6ix9ine hair and the way he moves and fights like Conor McGregor. So he had a ton of hype going into this fight against Marlon Chido Vera. Marlon Vera has kind of been up and down and recently been on a hot streak, but always been a hard out in the UFC's bantamweight division. He's a well-rounded fighter, grappling, striking, brawling, uh, just just all-around scrappy fighter. Just a great guy to tune into. He's, he's never in a boring fight. And neither has Sean O'Malley. And this was going to be Sean O'Malley's biggest test. We saw him at UFC 250 two months ago. Do the knockout, walk-off, highlight victory against WEC uh, former WEC champion Eddie Wineland, who's a little past his, a lot past his prime. And now Sean O'Malley was being tested, moving up the rankings, the modal combat totem pole, and was testing himself against. Marlon Chudovera, and it turns out he failed because he couldn't take the leg kicks. And Chudovera saw that Sean O'Malley plants his foot, and he has an opportunity to chop down that tree and make Sean O'Malley roll his ankle. A lot of people are thinking this is just a Sean O'Malley, uh, he lost the fight. Marlon didn't win the fight. No, Marlon's leg kicks led to the spaghetti leg, knee, and ankle of Sean O'Malley, which eventually rolled itself. There's footage earlier in the fight where Sean O'Malley was switching stances because Marlon Vera kicked him in the knee, sent the tinglys down the nerve, and Sean O'Malley was not comfortable. Switching stances, couldn't find a plant foot, and eventually rolled his own ankle, and that is due to the leg strikes. As we've seen in many Justin Gaethje fights, as we saw in Alex Perez's recent fight against... Uh, Formiga, uh, as we saw Brent Primus against Michael Chandler, as we saw Mighty Mouse against Henry Cejudo, those kicks, those calf kicks, those knee kicks, they hit a nerve and it just it sends tinglys down the whole leg and the whole leg is uh, messed up because of it. And it's the, the generation that fighting's in. You know, there's a wrestler generation, jiu-jitsu generation. You see a boxer generation like Conor McGregor. And now it's just these low kicks are the new tool that everybody's incorporating. Daniel Cormier, um, on a podcast he does with oh, Ariel Wani, he says, yeah, yeah, it's easy. You have to anticipate the kick and just lift your leg. Don't leave it planted. They, they tell NFL linemen that as you're going, stomp your feet. And I hope you guys can hear my feet. Just chop your feet, chop your feet. You do not want a planted foot in the ground because that is a disaster waiting to happen. Some big 300-pound guy could fall into your knee. And if it's planted, your knee's going somewhere while your ankle stays put. If your foot is off the ground, it'll just swing like a pendulum and you fall to the floor. So you got to not have lazy feet. And the same applies to MMA fighters. You see that low strike happening that oblique kick the side karate kick that john jones does or the calf kick 
that Cheeto Marlon Vera is doing or Justin Gaethje is doing. You got to get out of the way. You got to adjust. And fighters will adjust. So it's fun to see the game grow. It's fun to see how Marlon Cheeto Vera has grown. He's going to get a huge fight in his next fight. He was on a co-main event of a pay-per-view. Sean O'Malley took a test. He failed the test, but it's okay. There's many tests to pass and excel on and be better for. Uh, can't wait to see what's next for the kid. Hopefully he recovers greatly from this. You can't judge somebody until they face adversity. With Ronda Rousey, with Conor McGregor, with Nate Diaz, with Jorge Masvidal. Judge them how they are in their next fight, in their next performance, in their next opportunity to promote a fight, how they come across. Same thing with Tony Ferguson. So... Adversity happens. Nobody's perfect besides Floyd Mayweather and Khabib Nurmagomedov. So it'll be very interesting and I'm very intrigued to see what's next for Sean O'Malley. The hype train has stopped. Every train has a stop. As uh, now I'm quoted from Moffat on the mic. So this was a quick Iktagon episode 32. Just a recap of UFC 252. I will dive a lot deeper into more UFC stuff as we start to ramp up towards the fall. Good things are happening on my end. Thank the Lord. Thank God. Thank everybody. Thank the higher energy. Thank the universe. All the good powers that are working together. Just be a good person. Stay positive and things will happen. And work hard. Don't forget that. It's not just believe in achieving. All your dreams will be achieved. It's not just that. You have to fucking grind. You have to fucking grind. I wish somebody uh, wrote poetry like, Oh, if you just believe and achieve, all your dreams will be conceived. And then they throw in a little Long Island mix and fucking grind and fucking work hard. I wish somebody uh, threw that in there, a little caveat. But thank you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, listening, watching, uh, liking, retweeting, favoriting, everything. Even though I have not been consistent because I have big personal life things and goals going on so thank you guys for still keeping Ike on your side I appreciate that later For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.